As a 16-year-old, your 20-year-old boyfriend dies in a tragic accident. And in that vulnerability, you're drugged and raped by a man and later become a victim of human trafficking, leading to a seven-year period of trauma and shame. You escape, you raise a family, and today in your 60s, you use your platform and your story to teach women to emerge fearlessly. I want to welcome today's guest, Janelle Anderson. Welcome to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast. Off My Duff is all about getting off your backside and finally, making your impact by living your truth. If you are an entrepreneur with a heart to help others, you're in the right place. We chat with guests from seven figures to just starting out because that's how we roll. Off My Duff is the nudge you need to expand your business and slay resistance. So without further ado, I invite you to get off your duff and let's get started. Now, here's your host, Duff Gardner. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome today to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast where we talk all about getting off our backside and getting into action with our business to make the impact that we want in the world. We're all about the little guy wanting to play that big game. And so welcome to my episode today. I'm very excited to speak to a new friend of mine, all the way from the mountains of Virginia. Sounds absolutely gorgeous. I'd like you all to welcome Janelle Anderson. Hey, Janelle, how's it going? Hey, Duff. It's going great. Great to be here. Yeah. You know, you and I were having such a good conversation offline. I learned even more about you, which made me even more excited to to speak to you. And I think you are so representative of what's happening to a lot of people in the time we live in today, which is um, you're diving into some kind of a service-based entrepreneurship pursuit. And it may not be the thing that you thought you were doing, but you're doing it. And uh, so I think you're a great guest to have on the show. So welcome. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Now, uh, I was really interested to know that you did all these different kinds of businesses. And even before that, you were a teacher. Uh, you didn't actually start your business until you're in your early 60s, I think, even though you had your epiphany earlier. But I'm super curious about that whole story. Sure. Well, my first career was a teacher, and that was what I was passionate about my whole life. And I loved it. I taught for about 20 years. And then I wasn't passionate anymore. Long story, but I won't go there. But by that time, I was, I was probably around 50, 50-ish, early 50s, and my husband decided, hey, we should open up a skating center, a fun family center, and of course, all I had done was teach school, so here we are diving right into that, and wow, talk about learning on, you know, in the moment, it's crazy, so I all of a sudden was learning how to run a business, hiring employees and training them, and it was hours and hours every week wore me out. And I thought, this is not what I want to do the rest of my life. Well, we went from there into opening a coffee shop. I thought that would be fun, but it was a lot of work and I didn't really like being in food service. And then from there, I was working as an office manager and it was okay. I, I liked where I was working, but it still was not my passion. And by then I was mid fifties, late fifties. Right. And so right around the time I turned 60 is when I 
I had been searching and searching and searching and finally landed on this idea of being a coach hmm. and found that when I coached people, it was like a fire in my soul and oh, I, I just couldn't wait to do it some more. And that's when I realized, okay, this is a thing, but then am I too old? Should I, you know, like, should I even be thinking about starting a business at 60, 61, going to, into training and right. going into debt? Yeah. But I went for it anyway, because I realized this was like lighting me up like nothing else. So... I just That's love that because I think you're totally representative of a lot of people, you know, um, I'm 55 now and, uh, you know, a lot of people in our age group, it's a big question. You know, you're, you're presented with this life situation where maybe you do have to consider a restart or a reboot or even a side hustle or something for various reasons. And it's scary, you know, uh, you have to learn it a is. whole bunch of new things. <laughs> Yeah. It really is scary. I was scared out of my mind and I kept thinking, what am I doing? And thoughts would come like, you're too old. To, what are you thinking? You should just go sit on the porch on your rocking chair and retire. <laughs> Gotta love those old rocking chairs, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love the rocking chair, but I wasn't ready to retire. Um, and so I realized, you know, I'm still healthy. I'm, I still have life in me. Why not? You know, why not go for it? And I began to research, like you said, Mm -hmm. Other people in this age range, and there's actually more people becoming entrepreneurs in their 50s and 60s. And I even read stories of people in their 70s and 80s, yep. you know, and even beyond doing things and starting things. And I right. thought, well, if they can do it, then I can do it. And I gave myself permission mm -hmm. to go ahead and go for it. Yeah, I love we have, that. We have one life to live. So well, true. Go, yeah. go for it. Yeah. 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 I love it that one of your experiences was a, the, the coffee shop fantasy. Yes. <laughs> and I say that because I think we all have that fantasy, you know, to yes. run a coffee shop because we like to chat with people and it's oh, a lot yeah. of work. Um, yeah. But. How fun is it just to have this lovely coffee shop and people come to see you and you can sit and chat with them. I know. It's much better when they're making you the coffee, though. That's my position. That's on that. true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, what's cool is actually one of those other things that we think about doing. Just I want to slide this in there. You're you've got a book in process called She's Taking Center Stage. Yes. And uh, that's coming up really soon, actually. So people should look yes. out for that. Yes. Yes. Wrapping it up now, the rough draft, and then I'll be sending it to the editor soon. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's basically my story of this emerging into who I am today through the midlife season. I chronicle that journey. And uh, I even have years of journals that I've written in from different parts of my life. And I actually went back through all of those and put them in order. And I saw these significant like milestones or points of transition points where I felt compelled, you know, in a way or heard something I pray a lot. So, you know, different mm -hmm. specific things or dreams I had. And it was, it's really interesting to watch that process yeah. And how I began to realize, hey, uh, this is something, you know, this journey I'm on, I've been preparing for it my whole life, but I'm now coming into the fullness of it in my, you know, after 50 years. Right. And so I've also seen that with women that I work with as a coach, the same kinds of things. And so I came up with this process of becoming a star of your own story. Nice. It's called the star process. And it's just that emerging, you know, and some of the 
work that you need to do to figure out who you are and shed old stories and embrace who you are and step into who you are. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you did it when you're, you know, in, in your early sixties, which is really, I think it's going to speak to a lot of people. So um, I love that. And I also love yeah. kind of um, where you're at, uh, how you think of the world. Um, you know, earlier I was saying it's, it's, it can be frightening to, to step into something brand new when you're, you know, in that third act or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And so what's really interesting about you and your, your mission is that you talk a lot about this idea of an emerge fearlessly process. And this, this, this mm. notion of being fearless is super integral to what you do. Maybe tell us more about that. Sure. It, it is integral because I lived for most of my adult life, the opposite. I was, I always tell people that I was behind the curtain in the backstage of my life, hiding out. Okay. I wasn't really fully in my true self. And I was timid in the background because I didn't, I felt a lot of fear about would people even want to listen to anything I had to say. And I have um, a period of time in my background where I suffered a lot of sexual trauma and abuse. And that really held me back because I never dealt with that. So all those years, I stuffed it away and felt ashamed to even talk about it. And that held me back from stepping out into center stage and being, you know, just owning my own life and owning my own story and being fully in myself. And so I, when I was going through coach training, one of my mentor coaches kept saying to me, be fearless, Janelle, just be fearless. <laughs> and so I took that as a mantra and I owned it. And I was like, yes, why am I so fearful? Why am I still so timid? And I did a deep dive and, and faced those things and got a lot of help with that inner healing process. And now I do, I know, you know, we all have fears. It's not like you never have fear, but it's when you face them and you do it anyway and you go for it anyway and you believe in yourself enough to do those things that you feel passionate about, that you're called to do, that you were meant to do. And when you can truly own your story and deal with all the stuff that holds you back and shed all those old stories that aren't even true, you do step into this place of being fearlessly confident and emerging, right. you know, there's this emerging. And so I've really embraced that as a brand because I realize that's the work I do all the time. And I love it. I love to see women, well, anybody, but I especially work with women to, just to see their faces light up when they start to see who they truly are. And they realize, oh my gosh, I'm pretty darn awesome. <laughs> I don't have to believe these lies that I'm not good enough or, you know, whatever they're believing. And it's just an amazing, beautiful process. It's like the butterfly, you know, coming out of the chrysalis sure. and yeah. being beautiful and spreading its wings. So that's why I, I always talk about be fearless. I love it because when you were talking about it earlier, you said it just lights me up. And I can tell you from seeing you, you know, most people aren't going to see you when they hear this, but it actually does light you up. It's, it's, it was amazing to see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does. Yep. You know, I, I think that uh, like a lot of people these days, I notice this with clients that I have. Um, there's this concept I talk about the hidden talent syndrome where you're just mm -hmm. feeling like you have so much to give. And yet you're just sort of that timidness, as you say, 
yeah. holds you back. It influences the choices you make, the lens through which you see everything, how you proceed, how you occur to others. So it, it can be a bit of a you know a vicious cycle. So it's it's actually really interesting to hear how you kind of e- um, emerged from that. Now, yeah. when when I was learning more about you, there's there's a pretty um, deep. You said a deep dive, so you didn't really get deeply into it, but you said it was okay that we talked about this. So I'm, I'm super interested because I think that, um, that your journey that you've been on in your entire life is pretty profound. And uh, would you mind sharing a little bit about where this all started from? Absolutely. No, I, I don't mind at all. In my, um, It actually started earlier than what I told you. I had a, a boyfriend who was killed suddenly. It was during the Vietnam war and he had been drafted and he was in an accident and I was only 16. Okay. He was 20. And that really set me back the grief from that. And it put me in this place of being very vulnerable. And I went off to college at the age of 19. Yeah. I remember being out with a friend of mine and hanging out in this bar with these guys. And the next thing I knew, I woke up in my bedroom with this guy on top of me and then I blacked out. Well, the next day, I woke up and realized what had happened. But to me, this is what really blows my mind. I did not think, oh, I've been drugged and raped. It did not occur to me at all. And so I just woke up thinking, oh my gosh, what have I done? How did I let myself get in this situation? And I had been a virgin. For me, that was even worse because I had wanted to wait. And so in my mind, it was like, oh my gosh, I let myself get in a situation where I lost my virginity with some guy I don't even know it. The shame storm was huge. So from there, there was this seven year period of lots of things. I won't, I know we don't have time for all of it, but a lot of other things along that line, like it just does something in your mind, like, okay, I'm trash now. Who's going to want me? So it opens up the floodgates to many other situations that I put myself in with men that took advantage of me, basically. And I was kind of in a fog. I was still traumatized. And so I did not think clearly. Well, by the end of that period of time, I ended up with this guy who thought it would be a great idea. I had graduated college in Colorado. He wanted to go to California. He said, let's go to California. (laughs) Well, on the way, (laughs) he decided, hey, we should stop in Las Vegas. So we stop in Las Vegas. He is, I didn't realize it, but this guy was very much a manipulative, kind of a narcissistic type of guy. Uh And I was so vulnerable that he just, it was easy for him to manipulate me. And the next thing I know, I am out on the streets of Las Vegas working as a prostitute for three years. And I felt horrible about doing it. The shame had piled up and piled up and piled up. And I just felt like, oh, well, I'm just trash now you know and I'm trapped in this I can't get out of it but then miraculously after about three years of this um, I just had a conversation with my mom nobody in my family knew this was going on and by this time I was only 26 right and she prayed with me over the phone and she didn't know what was going on but she prayed with me because I called out to her I was crying I was a mess (laughs) Mm -hmm. I prayed with her and instantly I knew I did not have to stay in this lifestyle all of a sudden I had this power and strength to say no basically. Mm -hmm. So I did. And I just refused to do it anymore. But before then, 
I didn't feel like I could. It's, it's just really weird what trauma can do to a sure. person. But I still felt from there until my 50s, the, all those years, I didn't tell people. And I never had any kind of counseling. And I just mm -hmm. stuffed it away thinking it was all my fault. And that is what really held me back and put me in this place of hiding behind the curtain. Because I couldn't sure. tell people my story. What would they think? You know? And I ended up having a, my, the guy that did this, I ended up marrying him because who else was going to want me? Sure. And it was a bad marriage from the start, but out of it comes this beautiful daughter. Right. And I couldn't tell people because how would I tell her that this was her dad? You know? So it was, it was just the situation. And I thought, well, you know, it's gone. It's, it's years and years ago. It doesn't matter. I don't need to look at that in, do with anything with it but right. I did because I didn't realize it until I finally felt this uh, like I was wanting to do things and I had passions in me of things to do but I couldn't because I was so fearful and I realized I've got to do something about this or I will never be able to emerge I will never be able to step out on that stage and so I I had to decide I'm going to deal with this Right. And I did, and I got help, and we worked through all of this stuff. But what's really fascinating is the first thing I talked about was that night where I was raped. And I brought that up because I thought I should, but I remember thinking, well, this doesn't matter. Why would I bring this up? How, what does this have to do with anything? That's, that's kind of right. how I thought of it. And as I was describing the night to the woman that was helping me, yep. she was like, it sounds like you were drugged and raped. And I was like, what? It was like I was totally in shock right. at that thought. <laughs> 35 right. years later, it was amazing. So I went and I looked up online what you would experience if you had been roofied right. or whatever. Sure. And as I read that description, it was like, that's exactly, exactly how I remember that night. Oh, my gosh, I was drugged and raped. <laughs> and that realization was huge in my life. And I realized I, it wasn't my fault. I was a victim, sure. you know, and I was able to really deal with that and forgive myself. And, you know, shame will cause you to hide and not want to talk about things. And I was able right. to throw that off right. and begin to, you know, embrace that young woman whose youth right. was stolen from her, basically. And I wept over her and just got a lot of cleansing. And for the first time in all those years, was able to say that was me and that did happen to me and it was real and it is a part of my story. I stopped sure. denying it. Yeah. And that was huge, huge freedom for me. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Uh, what sure. I do know about you now is that your family that surrounds you is so entrepreneurial and supportive. I mean, I can just tell from some of the stories you've told me. Yes. So obviously there's been a transformation even just within your family. And, you know, that's really special to have that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Huge. Thank yeah. You. And, you know, I think that this topic of the hidden traumas, um, I, I, I can relate. Uh, there are things that happen to us uh, generationally, you know, as again, as someone in my 50s that happen when we're younger. And there's this, uh, this naivete, naivete that we have that people kind of today go like, huh? You didn't know, yes. but it's true. You know, it's just, yes. it's just back then. I think it was a generational thing, but also, you know, it, it's nice that you were able to, to, to come to an epiphany around that. And, and now you're using that, um, mm -hmm. that story 
uh, to, to, to drive you forward. So I often tell people I went from being two feet small to 10 feet tall because I was able, the first time that I told the story publicly, it was in, it was in a women's retreat and I was teaching, I was one of the teachers and I knew that I needed to share this, at least a part of it. I didn't go into detail, but I needed to share that part of my story publicly for the first time. And I was ready. Yeah. And I did. And what happened after that was amazing. I remember immediately after going back to my seat and feeling like I was suddenly 10 feet tall. <laughs> and, wow. and like I had been just set free and, and, and just this, the enormity of, being able to be free about, you know, your past and share it in a way that helps other people because it wasn't about me. It was about saying, Hey, you can face the things in you and be vulnerable and open. And when you do that, you can find true healing and freedom. And many women afterwards came up to me that weekend and said, thank you so much because now I can deal with my stuff. And that to me was like, Oh, that's what it's about. It's not Mm -hmm. about like, just telling the sad story and making people feel bad, but it's about helping other people to know that, you know, the things in your past that are holding you back, you can let go of those and you can face them and know that it, it didn't define who you are. It was something that happened to you. And it's, it's really a gift in a way, you know, you can really grow and you can learn more about, how to help other people through it and become a stronger person. You know, if we go through life with nothing bad happening, we don't grow very much. So not that yeah. you want bad things to happen, but what's the gift in that, you know, time of your life and how can you use it to help other people? Yeah. I think, you know, for, for a lot of people, uh, I think with men in particular, I know it's, that's a bit of a generalization, but sometimes we struggle to, to uh, let that vulnerable piece of us uh, come out. And I think that's one of the key elements. Um, I know it is of being a successful entrepreneur is you have to emotionally connect to others. And so just being able to do that is quite important. So very important. yeah, thank you for that gift. Yeah. So uh, you help people emerge fearlessly, which I do. Yeah, which which is awesome. And now you've got um, something that you give away on your site, which is is pretty cool. It's called um, "Be Confident, Be Real, Be You," which is a, a series of free videos when people go to your site. Yes. And I'm going to mention the site now. It's in the show notes, folks. But you, I'm going to mention it now so you can go there and check it out. EmergingLifeCoaching.com. So that's yes. emerginglifecoaching.com. Uh, and to make sure to look out for Janelle's book coming up, uh, as well as her podcast, Women Emerging Fearlessly, which is a great title. I love that. I love <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also just that the, the two feet small to 10 feet tall, that metaphor uh, really resonates with me. And I think it will with a lot of readers as well. Good. Yeah. It, it really was how it felt. And I, you know, my, my passion, the reason that I do all that I do, whether it's coaching or teaching or on the podcast or speaking is what drives me is to help people to see all the greatness within them. Because I think so many people are walking around on the planet two feet small when they should be 10 feet tall because they have so much to share and so much greatness. And if we were all sharing it fully, how wonderful this world would be. 
I was going to ask you what your number one insight you've learned in business, and it feels like that's it. Although I'll ask you the question in all your experiences, everything from coffee shops, teaching, entrepreneurship, and even your your story of emerging, what what would be your number one insight that you think people should know about business? I think for me, it has been to not ever give up on yourself and your dream to really know why you're doing it and don't ever, ever give up on that Right. because it is hard to be in business and you are going to run into obstacles and it is going to seem like nothing's working. But if you come back to that, well, why am I really doing this? Like for me, it's like if, if I didn't get paid to do what I'm doing, I would still do it. I would go out on the street and grab people and say, hey, let me coach you. Let me help you. <laughs> and, so, and so I'm going to keep doing it. Just keep doing it. You know, persist, right. uh, persistence and believing in yourself and right. why you're doing what you're doing. That's been number one for me. That's awesome. And if I ever go to Virginia next time, I'll look out for being grabbed on the street. <laughs> yes, <kidding>. watch out. <laughs> I chase people down. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, you know, like there's this other topic I like to ask my guests. Uh, I like to geek out on this topic of resistance. I, th- I think it's a really interesting word. People say it left, right, and center. So if, if you think about your own resistance to your business and what you do, how do you sort of emerge from that? What, what's mm, your insight around that topic? Such a great question because, yes, there's so much resistance. I feel like when I feel resistance to do something, I s- usually it's because I am in my own head. I am worried about how I'm going to be perceived. What are other people gonna, going to think of me? Right. And if I get out of that back into that why and that place of service, I'm, why am I doing this? Right. Who am I doing it for? What impact is it going to make? Is, you know, how important it is when I can get back into that and see that, then the resistance really does melt away. And I'm then motivated to do it, you right. know, to go ahead and do it, even if it's hard work, even if it takes a long time, right. even if it's, you know, something I don't know how to do, I'll figure out a way. But if that resistance is there, it's usually like, oh, I don't think I can do it. And what are people going to think of me? That just totally puts a wall of resistance. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. like, like you said, you have emerged from this. And so you're, you're, um, I think that your lesson of emerging fearless is exactly what need, people need to think about. Thank uh, you. Now, so again, if people want to reach out to you, Janelle, uh, the best way is to go to that URL, correct? Yes. Emerginglifecoaching.com. And uh, again, that's emerginglifecoaching.com. And there's a free uh, short video series there. Um, I think you described offline to me, you know, it's kind of for people who are going through that imposter syndrome. Uh, yep. You have like a vision board thing that they get, which just sounds really, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, At the end of it, they end up with a visual they've made. It's a, it's a little journey. Yeah. You know, why am I dealing with the imposter syndrome? What is it? And then how do I discover who I truly am? And out of that comes this beautiful board. It's an exercise I did that I teach a lot of people to do. And okay. then you can look at it every day and be like, that's me. That describes me. And it builds that confidence. Huh. I'm going to go check that out. I need that. Uh, I'm a visual person, so I can relate to that. It has done a lot for me. It really has. I have it up, you know, and I, and on the back of it, I wrote a little third person description of this person. Right. And the words come from the exercises that you do. And then I cut them out of magazines. So it's really pretty and colorful. And it's these words that describe me from other people 
and from the work I've done. So it's true. It's true about me. I didn't just make it up. And then I write this really cool third person account on the back. Yep. And I even did a podcast episode on it. And it just builds that inner confidence, that fearless confidence that, hey, this is truly me. Right. Because, you know, we believe a lot of lies that aren't true. But if you really know who you are, then you can embrace it and feel good about yourself and speak it over yourself. The words you speak to yourself are so important. And, and I think that's the hallmark of being fearless. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Janelle, thank you so much for being on our show today. I really uh, love the conversation and thanks for your absolutely. vulnerability. Thanks for your insights into to the work that you do. Uh, absolutely loved it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I've loved being here. Thank you. Wonderful. And so for, for uh, my guests who have come to our episode today, once again, thank you so much for listening to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast. And so as you go, to, go out into the world and make the impact that you want, please remember, teach what you love, live from your truth. I'm Duff Gardner. I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, I'm Duff Gardner, and you've been listening to my show, Off My Duff, the Entrepreneur Podcast, where we're all about getting off your backside and making your impact by living your truth. If you're like me and you're an entrepreneur with a heart to help others, you need an offer that sells. An offer that sells helps you get traction with your business, more sales, more clients, more gigs, more fans, and more deals, period. And here's what I believe. Your offer is the purest expression of your truth, so that's why I've created a free ebook, Offers That Sell, the eight-step revenue breakthrough system. Simply go to offersthatsell.com forward slash book to grab your free copy, and you can even follow it up with a chat with me, should you wish. It's been wonderful to have you here with us today. And as you get off your backside to make your impact on the world, remember one thing, teach what you love, live from your truth. I'm Duff Gardner. See you next time. Bye now.